as always, it's Kevin Jared. Say hi, Jared. Hi, Jared. Please keep doing the Gracie Allen, by the way. It's the best shit ever. It makes me laugh Gladly. when I'm editing the show. Gladly. Anytime. Um, how you doing, Jared? How's it going over there? Uh, it's going pretty well. Things are finally starting to cool off a little bit in delightful NYC. I was very tempted to break out a David Lynch voice, but I'd wake up all the na- the neighbors on my entire block. So we'll pretend I did that. That's true. How have you been, Kevo? I'm fine. You know, it is it is pretty. It is still pretty warm out, pretty humid anyway. It's kind of a heat trap. You know, um, the the queue line was down on the way home from Halloween Kills last night, so I had to find a cab, which on 34th Street was somehow impossible. Did you take a yellow cab or a, or like a? Like I a I my or? phone had died like the second the movie started, so I had to oh, find good. a yellow cab, and I eventually oh. did. But it was just crazy, and there was a ranger game on, so you'd think that they'd be everywhere. Oh god, maybe that's why they stayed away. They knew there was a ranger game on. Oh man. Oh, and that's a teaser, by the way. Next week, Halloween, mm. Halloween, Halloween kills. <laughs> There's so much Halloween. You guys have no idea, and it's beautiful. Spoiler alert! But it's all beautiful. Just wait. Don't, dear audience, don't tell Kevin. But the Halloween I'm watching is the Rob Zombie one. It'll be a great prank. Yeah, what a prank. I know. Rob, oh, no, Rob Kevin Zombie or... is like God's prank. <laughs> like hey. the Iraq War era prank God. Pl- well, that's another <laughs> cutting uh, that from the show. <laughs> yeah, cut that's that not going anywhere. Rob Zombie uh, is kind of a prank. He kind of is. He um he had that hit every movie he's made. Every scene from it looks like the best worst music video you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like Beavis, and, like you kind of expect Beavis and Butthead to start talking over it, but nothing happens, so you're just a little confused. No, that's true. Um, what else happened? I went to New York Comic Con over the weekend, which was awesome. How was it? You did Sunday, right? Yeah, um, I met the great Danny Haas, who's a wonderful artist. He does a lot of work for Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel, etc. Mm-hmm. He's also a co-host and the artist for the 70 Millimeter Movie Podcast, which is my favorite Ooh. podcast, maybe ever. Um, and and he was super great, so thank you, Danny. You're not not listening to this. There is no way, but thank you. Um, also ran into friend of the show, Brandon Ciaglione, basically doing his day job, which is always very surreal. <laughs> um, but he's he's a phenomenal. He was with he's a teacher. He's with some students, and he's phenomenal at his job. Um, oh yeah, and and really great. He's one of those guys who has really become an adult. Um, and it's so, it sounds like we're roasting him, but I mean, this is kind of just roasting ourselves because we're talking about him and how proficient he is at his, at his job. And well, we're about to talk about fucking ghosts of Mars. I make clients pay. I really do. Indisputable evidence. Um, (laughs) what else did I do? I'm trying to think. Well, New York Comic Con was a lot of fun, but there weren't a lot of publishers there at all. I was like totally shocked. Not to turn this in. Well, let's turn it into Comics Minute because we don't have an outlet yet for that, Jared. Wouldn't that be crazy if we had an outlet for that? Um, I don't like it. But no major publishers had booths. So no Marvel booth, no DC booth, no first, second booth. There were some smaller pubs there, but like not even Oni Press was there. Oh my. Like, um, did they take it down? Like, you, you went on, since you went on Sunday, maybe they nothing no they didn't have booth space there at all like you would have noticed if they had just pulled up a booth and uh nothing no it was a lot of mom and pop so i got uh, some cool stuff i got a really it's rare because it's obsolete but i got a Mm -hmm. color collection of ben england uh, tick comics 
Nice. Which is pretty cool. Although they did That's a solid there is a there is a complete collection now that completely makes it obsolete, but I, I didn't get that for two dollars, you know? Exactly. Um I also just bought a ton of art. And that's a beautiful did you, thing. Did you go yeah, I'm assuming you trolled through like a uh, artist alley. Like that's where you mostly uh went through. Yeah, you know, I've always thought, you know, we went I don't know if you went. I went twelve and thirteen. I stopped going after a while because I couldn't afford it and the crowds were too big. Yeah, I, my last year was 2011. But but I always Maybe. I always maintain that number one, my favorite comic convention in the city is Mocha Fest, the small press, which I know mm-hmm. you, we had a great time that one year, and then the novel coronavirus. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but artist alley is kind of like that but on a much bigger scale you know and mm-hmm. it was great to to talk to some artists and see some stuff you know snyder and capullo were there our hometown our hometown hero scott snyder and uh <laughs> heavyweight lifting champion of the world greg capullo at least of this world the comics world um are there with a comicsology book so i gotta check that out um, they had one of those annoying, like a celebrity has a table. So now let's everyone form a line for James Tinian, the fourth, who we'll talk about him on another form medium, but I've really come around on him. Um, his, his indie stuff is actually really great. We'll talk about it. If there was room for us to talk about comics, I would talk about it with you, but there mm-hmm. isn't on this show. If only we had a form for that. Um, nah, nah. There was, nah, table, there was a table. There was a table. I did meet Tony Schiavone, the pro wrestling announcer, who looks oh. just like me. <laughs> I have to send you this photo. It's incredible. I'll put it. I'll make it the show art for this episode. Did you wait? Did you like get a picture with him? Oh yeah, it's great. It's the it's the oh, best Mark rocks. photo ever because he's getting ready to go to a panel, so he's pretty disengaged because he's trying to understand what the plan is from his people, and mm-hmm. neither of us are wearing masks in the photo, so it's like bizarre it's so awesome that rocks um what else i bought some danny haas i got his rocketeer his 89 batman and his bitos joker which are all awesome those those prints you showed me were lovely like all uh the i think you showed me five i don't know if you bought any others he, but like those were beautiful. Three, those were his three and then i got mm-hmm. a an orange cassidy print he's a wrestler he's got a really cool kind of gimmick and then mm-hmm. uh, i got a baby yoda from an artist whose name escapes me that I'll edit in, who also had these metal bookmarks mm-hmm. that were like Caesar Ooh. Romero, Joker, Bella Lugosi, Dracula, friend of the show, Bella Lugosi, Dracula, and uh, <laughs> Indiana Jones. Damn. So quite a haul. I also got a, a Ben Grimm thing figure that's maybe like 90 pounds. That rocks. Um, but that's it was a, a great like a baby. It was, Small child. I was only there for three, four hours, but I spent quite a bit of money. <laughs> And I had an awesome time. There was a there was a group there that was trying to harvest people's email addresses by raffling off a Kevin Smith signed lanyard or whatever. Wow. Which is wow. in 2022 is quite a gift. And that's basically where oh, we're man. at. I'm actually disappointed I didn't go on Sunday then. This sounds like some Wild West stuff. It was interesting. No major- I mean, they, they had a Sunday crowd. It was as crowded mm-hmm. as any Sunday I had been to at a con. Good. Um. And and it was and the cosplay was just the exact same level that I would expect from Sunday at a con, so wow. it was, I was really, yeah, like that. A few are high effort, and then you have some that are relaxed and really cool, but they're like you know, Joseph Joestar in a bathrobe because the cosplayer wanted to put the wig on but looked at the outfit and said no. 
No. Um, it was already kind of an emotional weekend for reasons I'll get into when we get to movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, a very emotional, I'm not going to lie, to see everybody back at a con and excited about stuff. You know, it had been, for a lot of reasons, I really haven't been, like, out engaging with stuff for two years. Yeah. Three years. So it was a really beautiful thing. Um, that was Sunday. Saturday, I saw James Bond in No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a very emotional reaction to this. Uh, I always mm-hmm. kind of forget how much I love James Bond until right before the movie comes out. So, like, I was on Rankings on Thursday, which go listen to that because I think we did a great job. And uh, talking about that got me excited for Bond. And then I went and saw the movie and I just, you know, I had a flashback to, like, our hometown, you know, going to see movies with dad back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really special. Poor Jeff or Lowe's? Uh, poor Jeff. What the f- What? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> You have to understand, I lived right next to the Lowe's, so if it was like That's movie right. nights, like, we're not going to Port Jeff, we're walking to Lowe's, and we did. <laughs> yeah, why would it you? Rocked. Exactly. <laughs> it did, yeah. So, um, it really brought me back to that, and I really loved it a lot. If, you, uh, if you're curious as to what that is in detail, I wrote about it on Letterboxd. Um, it's probably a four-star movie in general. Uh, not perfect, okay. but I had a five-star experience with that. I, that was... I was not ready for the emotional experience of seeing James Bond at noon on a Saturday by myself, <laughs> but, but it's, it, you know, the cinema does that. That's what it's about. Yeah. Um, and then I saw a movie about a worm, uh, moving on, mm. uh, totally unrelated. If you're going to see Dune, see it big, see it loud. Uh, don't skimp out. I am going again. I saw Dune Saturday night. It was incredible. It's all I can say about it at the moment. <laughs> Kevin, was that directed at the audience or me? Yes. Um, I am going... I love Dune so much that I have a ticket for this Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on the dot to go to the Lincoln Square IMAX, which I shouldn't say because I'm just inviting the 15 people who listen to this show to come see it. (laughs) Well, I'll have you know I have a ticket to Dune as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's my I'm taking a trip to Los Angeles and I'm intending on watching it on the back of the JetBlue airline seat in front oh, of me. You I'm sure it'll be a scoundrel. great experience. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of what else I watched. I saw the Halloween. I did my homework for this week. Mm-hmm. I did my homework for next week. Ah, mm-hmm. hooray! Uh, big hooray for next week. Um, oh, I'm excited. What else? I bought a lot of things. I bought all the the well. We'll talk about it when we talk about Jason X. But I bought mm-hmm. the Shout Factory Friday the Thirteenth set. I bought the Critters set. I bought Army of Darkness from Shout. I want to see a picture of that uh, Friday the Thirteenth collection oh, when you have it. I will. I will show you because it is incredible. Sick. Um, but but in terms of watching movies, all my plans kind of went up in smoke. I was going to watch horror movies all day, but then. Mm-hmm. Julia's working from home today. She was like, mm. whatever. She wasn't feeling great. It was a slow day anyway, so. Mm. Um, none of those. Which is fine. Yeah. Movies are movies. Are movies. They'll be around. But this weekend is going to be Halloween 2 and Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Oh. As I proceed through. Season of the Witch is beloved by a lot of people online. That is the one I actually really, really want to watch. Did you know it was directed by a guy in John Carpenter's old band? Yes. How crazy I is that. that? I love that. I love thinking about that. 
I also love how oh. pure the intention of Season of the Witch seems to be. Like, they literally were like, okay, Mike Myers' story, spoilers for Halloween 2, which we aren't even talking about on the show, but his story is over, that is done, and now it is time to become an anthology. And the response from everyone was, no, do the same boring shit. <laughs> the the response was, where's Michael Myers? Fair enough. And the answer is, Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Yeah, that is the biggest that is the biggest tragedy of the Halloween movies. They just turned him into Jason Voorhees, but kind of boring her. Well, and Jason Voorhees was already a riff on we could we could have a conversation about this when we get to Jason X. But Jason sure. Voorhees was already kind of like already kind of like a bad ripoff of Mike Myers. Oh yeah. Oh especially yeah. because he hated teenagers, but at least he has a reason. Um because he hates Jason sex. Has- Jason has a Jason has a reason, yeah, which is I hate sex, and Michael's reason is he's a evil thing, shape that comes after you because he's fucking evil. Oh my god! And Halloween Kills, the guy's credited as the shape again, and I got scared just looking at the credit. That like, rocks. Oh, the shape, dude. Um, the shape is such a good name for a horror creature of any kind. I, That's like actually a terrifying word to use for a human humanoid being. I do want to say this about Halloween Kills. Um, which to remind everybody again, we are talking about it next week on this show. So, so go see it in a theater. Um, go see it on P like watch it. However you can, if that's Peacock, that's okay. But Mm. I went to the opening night showing with a full crowd and that was absolutely incredible and electric. It was every bit. They were really, I was nervous because they were talking through the previews and stuff, but um, they were really well-behaved at the end of the day and really just enjoying it on the level you'd want a crowd in a horror movie to enjoy the film. Nice. Um, No screaming out, no interruptions or anything. We all kind of enjoyed it at the same time. Um, Dune got more inappropriate laughs than Halloween Kills, and that was like a film festival showing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, But that's like two versus zero. I mean, hearing that Dune got some inappropriate laughs just makes me want to watch it more. Because now I want to know what the hell we were laughing at. There, there is some good modern feeling comedy in Dune that is on purpose. All right, all right, um, all right. So as we say goodbye to Michael Caine, do you have anything else for like what you've been watching? Ultraman Journey. I didn't watch any Ultraman this week. Uh, I contain uh, multitudes. Um. So I actually um, I didn't do any Shin Mazinger. Uh, just because, um, just stuff with the, just stuff with the, uh, the group I watch it with, but I did continue my watch of a Ghetto Robo arc, or pronounced Ah, if you really give a shit. Um, I literally have no idea how to talk about Ghetto Robo arc because it is the an adaptation of the fifth part of a series that has not been properly adapted. All four other parts have not been properly adapted in anime. But this one actually is. Um, uh, if if you like Getter, watch it. If you don't know what Getter is, ask me, and I will send you links to all the manga that you should read. I that was directed at you, Kevin. I I think that that's a conversation to be had at a time and a place. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I've been trying to. Um, a few days ago, I started watching. Uh, crappy, well. 80s and 90s horror OVAs from Japan before the uh, uh, economic bubble burst oh, over so there. So you and I have had the same type of journey, but in way different. But in the ways that you I'm, and I would have those journeys. 
I'm watching like Vampire. I'm watching Vampire Hunter D. Oh, and dude! Like it's yeah. I've like always wicked, heard Wicked uh, Wicked City with the uh, Spider Woman. St- just stuff like that. I don't have much to say on it right now, just because I'm at the very start. But next week I'll be, I'll be sure to talk about some of the awful things I watch. Hell yeah! There's, there's one in particular that will probably get cut from the show. Good. And you know me, you know how much, you know how much I love uh, when I have to go in and edit things versus just putting the two files together and adding the theme song. <laughs> you know how much I love that. When I enter it, when I enter one of these, I think to myself, "How can I make Kevin's job harder?" <laughs> I don't, a- I don't ask why. I don't ask myself why. I just ask how. Now it's less hard. Now, now, mm. now you have the room. Hmm. Entire room. My own, in fact. Um. But yeah, I'll have more to say on my 90s, 80s horror OVA journey next week. That's so awesome. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> um, do you have anything else, Jared? In the and before we, um, I'm I'm. I'm reading JoJo's Bizarre Adventure again, and I stopped at I stopped right before a really good part, and I'm a little, I'm kicking myself for that, but now I'm reading it. It's I'm up to oh for the for the maybe one person who know who uh, cares for JoJo's I'm in the middle of part four I just met the group just met Kira for the first time. Maybe more to for that next week maybe not. Where 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 is Paul Stanley in JoJo's? Um. Is there a kiss well, uh, thing in JoJo's? As actually, as far as I remember, no. I don't think there's a prominent kiss thing. It fucking sucks. The main bad guy for Part Four has a uh, his stand is named Killer Queen, and That's Killer right. Queen's Killer Queen's attack is a sheer heart attack where he fires a bomb from his hand and can blow up on command. That's good. I'll get there. It's a when, not an if. But the problem, the problem is, I was like, oh, you know, uh, our our buddy Remnant, who you'll hear from near the end of the show, you know, he was going mm-hmm. through the Hulkamania era, so I'll go through that with him. And then it mm-hmm. became, no, nah, but now you you really love Halloween, and now you love all horror movies. And then it became, mm-hmm. oh, but maybe you should watch. Jo- you know what I mean? You know how this happens. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's why I, I just try to take things at my own pace, and I don't tell anyone because. Don't try to match up with me. I'm doing what I do. That's not a bad strat, you know. Uh, with an attitude yeah. like that, I would have finished Ted Lasso like ten weeks ago. I keep forgetting about Ted Lasso. I need to watch it at some point. It's nice. It's it's you know, there's a lot of talk about how nice it is, and it is it is kind of simple as a result. Is it nice in the same way people mistook John Mulaney for nice? Oh my God, no! I don't know about that. We're gonna leave that where it is. <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. Um, do we want to go into you're good on you're good on current stuff? Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I am also good on current stuff. Um, one more time for the eighth time because it came up a bunch. I'm obsessed with these movies. I'm so excited <laughs> for next week's show. John Carpenter and David Gordon Green. All I'll say for this show, and then I'll leave it where it is. Yeah. How much of a mind fuck was it? For David Gordon Green to type his name at the end of those credits, huh? And how much of a mindfuck is it that in my eyes, he completely earned it twice? Damn. Nuts. Nuts. Um, But that's next week. So um, Halloween 18. Halloween 1 is on Shudder. And it's on AMC. If you have a cable sub, you can get AMC that way and watch it there. Halloween 18. Fucking rent it. 
pay the five dollars. It's one of the best movies of the last ten years. Don't don't. I'm not kidding around. You want to watch this one? I saw you. I saw you replace. Uh, I was on your letterbox and I saw you replaced uh, your favorites with uh, Halloween 18. Yeah, we like, were oh. doing a we were doing a thing on the 70 millimeter Discord where it was like, what are your four favorite scary movies? And mine was, um, oh my god, Halloween, The Fly, The Thing. What was the fourth one? The Fog. No, no, I haven't seen The Fog yet. I was just thinking about the... It's it's Halloween, Alien, The Fly, and The Thing. And then that morning, I watched Halloween 18 with my buddy from the Bat and Spider podcast, Dale, in their Discord. We we both work from home, so mm-hmm. I was putting it on, so I mentioned it, and he put it on, so we were chatting during it, which was great, by the way. Love you, Dale. And I was like, I have to make an adjustment, because my Damn. favorite horror movie is not the, the original Halloween anymore. Damn. It's, it's this movie that is also Aliens and Jaws. And Halloween also on top of those things, but not to get too far ahead of ourselves because we have quite a week ahead. Oh, yes, we do. Um, it's time to recover Desolation Jones from the weird Martian prison or whatever with John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. I think I want to open up Ghost of, um, Ghost of Mars by mentioning that... Uh, I think it was during the comment for the commentary for that movie. Uh, Carpenter mentioned it was supposed to be Escape from Mars, and it was going to be a Snake Plissken story. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I was going to bring it up. It was supposed to be Escape from Mars with Plissken, but Escape from L.A. didn't do great, right? And the studio yeah. wanted something new. Yeah. And then it was going to be okay. Now it's going to be he. The prisoner is Jason Statham, mm-hmm. and the studio said no. The prisoner is going to be Ice Cube. Yep. As 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 Desolation Jones. I like Desolation Jones. That sounds like it sounds like it's a good bad name. Exactly what it needs to be. So I want to read the synopsis and then we'll kind of get into I have a feeling that this is not going to be one of those walk you through the movie things. I feel like we have to have a conversation here about irony and and things that are bad on purpose. Um, Ghost of Mars, the 2001 film by John Carpenter, his penultimate film, and the first John Carpenter movie we're talking about on Ammonite Movie Night, Jared. Oh. Melanie Ballard well, is a hard-nosed well. police chief in the year 2025. <laughs> Golly. She and a police squad are sent to Mars to apprehend dangerous criminal James Williams. Mars has been occupied by humans for some time, and they have set up mining facilities. The mining facilities on Mars have unleashed the spirits of alien beings who gradually possess the bodies of the workers. It soon turns out that catching the dangerous fugitive takes a backseat as the alien spirits begin to rid their planet of the invaders. The ghosts of Mars fight back, which it was very funny to watch Dune right before watching this movie for the show. That's a very interesting double feature. Because it's very much a movie about, first of all, they're both stories of natives reclaiming the land from industrialist, colonialist forces, Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was interesting until I watched, like, most of Ghosts of Mars, and then I stopped thinking it was interesting. Oh, yeah, that that part is mentioned maybe once in the early middle when they first first start talking about the ghosts possessing everyone, but then it's dropped immediately for... Uh, the second half of the film. Um, 
where could I even begin? I'm here looking at my notes just to go through. I want to have a greater conversation about Carpenter's intent with this film because it sure. really does feel like he was like one of the first people on earth to play Doom when it was shareware in the early 90s. Oh, I oh yes. Oh, most definitely. Actually, it's interesting you bring that up cuz um last week with the Evil Dead 2, you can see the through line from Evil Dead 2's self-aware goofy schlock where they're not being meta but they're still poking fun at themselves right. how that went over into do how that translated into doom and then into duke nukem right that's a great and connection then, yeah yeah i mean outside of the basic like you know groovy and stuff like that outside of the basic stuff but the the feeling of poking fun at your goofy horror elements went over to video games and then with scream it came back to movies because like after after scream and after duke nukem and scream like anyone who tried to do a parody it kind of just sort of no one cared right i mean it also helps that duke nukem 3d is a great shoot is a great doom clone and scream and scream is an amazing horror movie that is also a great parody Mm mm-hmm like, they both work and, as legitimate. And here's the problem I'm having with Ghost of Mars is, see, Big Trouble in Little China, right, which I also saw for the first time over the weekend. That movie is making fun of itself all the time, mm-hmm. right? Carpenter mm-hmm. chose to parody kind of kung fu tropes and, and uh, other tropes that Asian actors find themselves in in film. And it, it, it walks a tightrope as a result that maybe we're not equipped to discuss. I can say that casting Kurt Russell as the sidekick who doesn't realize he's the sidekick sidekick completely brings the movie into context. I agree. In way that's, but then also that's the power of Kurt Russell. He is amazing. That's true, and I mean, and it's something that so that irony through line. It, it is funny that Carpenter did it right before he did it wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ghosts Ghosts of Mars, you can see that there's DNA for a self-referential parody. Like, you can see he's poking fun at, like, the goofy 80s schlock that was inspired by the likes of Halloween and The Thing. But it doesn't quite land. Yeah, see, the thing that works about The Thing and Halloween is that they are legitimately... So to the same point as Big Trouble. Big Trouble is a really exciting, awesome action movie. Scream is, again, an extremely... Like, we saw the trailer for Scream 5 before Halloween Kills, right? And -hmm. and there's been kind of... Some people, like, we're really... I think I could speak for you. We're really excited about it. There are people who are trepidatious about it. And trepidation was the word of the day 10 years ago with Scream 4, so I get it. But, but like, that trailer really scared me. That was a really thrilling, like, exciting trailer. For real. Not as a joke in the way that, that Scream does. Uh, yeah, I saw, it in the, um, I saw it on my computer. But it was still just, like, very tense. <laughs> I watched it on my phone. On your fucking um, cell phone. My fucking cell phone. <laughs> but, um, yeah, even watching it on the tiny screen. That was really uh, chilling. It was a little... I was tense. Which is nice, because Scream, like, I don't know, like, maybe just because I've watched it enough at this point that it doesn't really get me the same way. Sure. But, and Scream 4, too, was not that scary. But this one was like, oh, I'm a little tense right now. I, I feel this. I feel it. Not to, I hate to keep hitting it because I'm fucking obsessed now. Mm. We'll talk next week about how to do horror reboots properly and mm-hmm. how to how to reset 
your audience's expectations in a contemporary manner. Um, mm -hmm. Back to Ghosts of Mars. We've made a bunch of connections here, and I think they're all pretty good, right? Because the doom mm -hmm. of this film is the music and the steel on Mars. All of the steel mm -hmm. and the hallways and the prison. Doom is a... Doom is... Um, hmm. It really came out in Doom 2, just because they have, you know, sequel, more stuff. Yes. But it's very much an organic techno hell. And Ghosts of Mars wants to do that so bad but it just falls on its ass because the um well the zombies just look silly they have like the metal bits glued to their face and just ooh, you look stupid My that's God. not scary that's just silly hey, can we talk about the the leader of the ghosts of mars too the uh oh my God. the the five years too late crow sting from wcw crossed with marilyn manson it's a shame marilyn manson got thrown in front of that train 10 years ago by the way um oh, too bad. remember that mm, rip enemy of the pretty show nice. marilyn manson that uh that big bad guy was pretty much just jason in dreads that's true <laughs> that's true i don't even think he i don't even remember if he had dreads it just feels like a character that would be designed in 2001 to have dreads and we all just in 2021 just feel our bodies tense up a lot it was it wasn't scary it it um the everyone everything looked like crap like it really its budget was showing. Uh, do you like Jason Stratham or however you say? His I like name? A Statham. Yes, I generally Sorry. really like Jason Statham. I think I think oh. when he's good, he's great. I really enjoy him in the Fast and Furious movies. Mm hmm. Here he's doing a job. Um. I don't think this wasn't his first major, well, major role. I'm not quite sure, but he definitely was not going to be Desolation Jones in this movie. He got killed off in the most comedically unceremonious <laughs> way for a character who seems to have some sort of presence. Oh, that's so I, good. To, like, he just gets sort of overwhelmed, and it's implied that they're eating him and tearing him apart, and then we just forget about him. So many characters had the goofiest non-deaths. I kind of loved it, but also it was just like, oh, we're just going to pretend that didn't happen. I just couldn't believe, like, what was this guy people. thinking? Uh, Carpenter? Yeah, because cause I'm in the middle of, again, in the 70mm Discord, we're doing all sorts of fun stuff for October. So we're doing uh, John Carpenter. Mm -hmm. And uh, a bunch of us are just watching a bunch of his movies. So we're watching all these great John Carpenter movies, and, we're, and I'm just like, what is this? Um... I feel like by that point that was just like work for hire. He needed to pay he needed to pay the chat he needed to pay the bills and we were he wasn't at the point where people were trying to re remake his uh his classic movies, so he actually had to work. I mean, yeah. Plus the movie's original vision, Escape from Mars, wasn't gonna happen because of mm -hmm. stuff he complained about later with studios and budgets and Wanna hear the craziest part? He was uh fifty four when Ghost of Mars came Crazy. out. Crazy. He is the, he is the same age when he made Ghost of Mars. He is the same age as uh, James Gunn is now. Holy shit! Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. James, I'm pretty sure James Gunn is that old. I might be speaking out of my ass, but I know he's a little older than what's expected. Crazy. Crazy. Um, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. My notes on this movie are sparse because this movie made me very unhappy. It's fucking terrible. Um. Like, I'm trying to like I'm like I'm trying to find something interesting to talk. That's the hard part. I'm trying to find something interesting, so I try to talk about the characters, but there are there are none. P 
Pam Greer. Imagine being Pam Greer and following up Jackie Brown with <laughs> your five second cameo, where the best part about you is you become a head on a stick. What was going on with her wig? I don't. I don't know. Did you see that wig? It was distressing. You noticed that? Eh, I wasn't thinking. I only her, her head only became really noticeable when it was detached from her body. Fair enough. Um. Um, there's a thin line between a cop and a crook these days. A lot of really prescient oh cop talk in this movie. Of oh, oh, the wonderful ending. Um, oh goodness. Yeah, you know, you'd make it. We should do the. We should do something after this. You'd make a great thief, and you'd make a great cop. And then the movie ends. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> um, the score of Ghost of Mars I is outrageous. It. It's Doom fan fiction score, but it's awesome. I mean, you that is correct. There's Buckethead is on the uh, OST. One second. Yo, Buckethead is on the soundtrack of this, for real? Can you check that? I'm going to give you a list. True. The soundtrack had a lot of names. Oh, my goodness. He had... Um, John Carpenter recorded a number of synthesizer pieces and assembled an all-star cast of guitarists, including thrash metal band Anthrax, Steve Vai... Buckethead and Robin Fink, who was part of Guns N' Roses and is now part of Nine Inch Nails. Oh, really? Huh. He, like, actually got names. Buckethead and Scott Ian in a room together actually sounds pretty fucking cool. Oh, my God. Like, (laughs) it's just, it's just, it's the strangest thing because you have so many proficient musicians, but it's it felt like he felt like he pulled those people on because he could and i can't blame him i'd love to have buckethead do anything for a project of mine just because i could he's also so prolific he could probably do it in 25 minutes he can give you an hour worth of music in 45 minutes mr buckethead can you compose oh you did it already that's cool pretty much yeah about the movie (laughs) i know oh man i was i was reading about a guy who uh was trying to get through all of Buckethead's albums, oh and by the time God. he got through, he got through like a hundred, and then checked and real and saw that like three more had been released <laughs> since he had started, <laughs> and then he just gave up. That's awesome. <laughs> that's like that's like trying to catch up with comic books. Oh yeah. Except it's that's just like, Buckethead. That's like trying to take a break from uh, reading One Piece. You take a you take a month long break, and then you have no idea when you're done. You'll get caught up. You're done. Um. um let's see. Was there anything? Is there anything that stood out to you about this movie? Um, Pam Greer's wig. Yeah. The line, a lot of lines of dialogue. Who you calling scumbag motherfucker was pretty good. Oh, his uh, yeah, his way of saying that was fun. That little that long pause between scumbag and motherfucker. Gold. When she's hallucinating on the train at the beginning, and he, she hallucinates the opening of Twin Peaks, and then there is some terrible, uh, terrible necklace CGI. Oh my god, I thought it was going to start a music video. Like, when it started rotating, I was like, oh good! The new Korn music video just <laughs> dropped. Um, Uno isn't as nice as Desolation, but he'll cut her titties off. Oh yeah. So, so what, is Desolation nice because he's not going to cut her titties off? What is this? I have no idea. Um, there's a line, there's this thing that happens in the movie, uh, there's a line, take this, you mindless motherfuckers, and it's said to the Dune. Like, all of a sudden, not Dune, Doom. You mm. hear like the Doom, like <laughs> the fact that there wasn't a Doom door open noise is actually kind of disappointing. Um, 
I do want to say I don't really have a lot else I, to say about it because I want more Doom. I wanted more Doom. I wanted more I like shotguns. I wanted more one thing or the other. Yes. <laughs> so by the one thing or the other, you wanted something that's legitimately good or something so bad that you actually enjoy it? Give me something scary and thrilling, etc. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or give me silly. Like, like I mean, figure out what your movie is, guy. You're the master of horror. What's your deal? I don't know. I, I kind of resonate with money to burn, whores to fuck, and drugs to take. I think I think he was saying something there. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, oh, I actually have, like, um, Ghosts of Mars, weirdly enough, it feels like Carpenter came up and said, hey, I want to do Escape from Mars. And they said, no, you're going to make Event Horizon. Sure. Oh, that's a good, that's a good comparison. Jason X, I was Jason X is similar in that sense, but like, this really does feel like someone told him to make Event Horizon, and he said, "Fine, fuck you, I'll make whatever you want." That's why Ice Cube in it, you know. Oh God, which was like wild. Apparently, apparently Ice Cube, uh, he commented later on. He said he didn't like the movie, and he only did it to work with Carpenter. But like, I mean, yeah. So what? Yeah. What? Like what? Um. Uh, my only other note I wanted to bring up is that um, when was the last time you watched Firefly or Serenity? I have never finished it. Shit. Uh, do you know what the Reavers are? Yes. The Joss Whedon stole the Reavers from this movie. No kidding. Surprise. Joss Whedon stole. Ha- a hack is a hack. Golly. Enemy Who of the thought? show. What a list, by the <laughs> way. Enemies of the show. Marilyn Manson and Joss Whedon. What a list fucking villains of the show man yeah enemies of the show enemy of the show joss whedon's firefly i i mean i have heard that if one one thing of his stands up to his real life personality it is mm-hmm. it is firefly and that stays good uh firefly is uh, legitimately good i i watched some buffy sorry <laughs> sorry to the any of the buffy fans that might be listening. buffy fans you didn't get this far buds you're not listening <laughs> um Buffy's not bad. I just just didn't resonate with me. And I forgot everything else he's ever made. You didn't like the oh, dollhouse he, or whatever? I forgot about oh, that. He, oh, he produced um, Cabin, Cabin in, the in the Woods. There you go. I thought oh, I thought he wrote it. I have no idea. He's on there somehow. He I th- he must have wrote it cuz it sounds like one of his movies. Cabin in the Woods is just another one of his fucking like oh, see it's a meta comedy like ugh. I'm so clever. Look at me. I'm Joss Whedon. Good third. Act I wrote. To- I wrote Toy Story. My name's Joss Whedon. He he made a promise. Promises made. Promises kept. On on Cabin in the Woods, if you will, in that the third act delivers on the premise. So I will give him yes. that. Yes, I fully agree with that. And you know what? I like seeing Sigourney Weaver. That makes she's me happy. He's awesome in Cabin in the Woods. Oh, that she's was a wonderful. surprise for me. Night one. We went on opening night. I did not, um... Oh, I actually, uh, funny enough, I got, um... Because of the school I went to, they, uh, they do, like, movie features, and I actually got to see it, uh, midnight. That's sick. Yeah. Um, well, we're talking about different things. Yeah, we're talking about Cabin in the Woods, so we don't have really much to say. I'm really sorry to all the Ghosts of Mars fans out there who were looking for an in-depth discussion on this pile. Um, Um, let's see, what else? I'm trying to see if I have any other quotes... Um, 
You know what? It's well, you know what? No, let's go to IMDb Ghosts of Mars quotes. Let's see what quotes the internet the internet has decided. The, I think we got the good ones. The good one. The first one on this list is Damn Girl, I Like You Already from Desolation Williams. Oh my god. That was so bad. You she punches him in the face, he falls over, but you don't see it, and he gets up and sort of throws a punch or a kick, and then we cut immediately to her waking up after getting decked in the face. I had no idea what was happening. Oh, another That's thing. so bad. The villain of this movie is called Big Daddy Mars. The Marilyn that Manson rocks. guy. Oh, that fucking rules. Never mind. I love it. This movie actually might be good. <laughs> um, honestly, in the, mo- in the moment, I was going to say it's a three. But now upon like reflection and actually letting it like sit in my stomach like for the last few days... I'm ready to shit it out. It's like one. Yeah, I'm not at like a one. one and a half. Um, this is like an F. Um, I, I think one it's and unpleasant a- and unfun. I don't think it's campy irony. I mean, here's this quote from John Carpenter. Um, when people complained about the movie being campy and not scary, I mean, the name of the movie is Ghosts of Mars. I thought the campiness would be self-explanatory. And what Carpenter is missing is that it's not campy and it's not no. scary. It's not campy. It's not funny. It's just kind of not even a movie. Jason X is campier, and that was unintentional. Jason X is fucking amazing. And the best part about best part about Jason X being campy is that he's only at a camp for like two minutes at the end. But I'm sad. Oh, fucking. Uh, we're not we're, uh, this, we're not doing Nightmare on Elm Street, Jared. Wrong <laughs> franchise. Ah. Yet uh, this movie. This movie felt like some dumbass in the 80s watched Halloween and decided I'm going to make my own. It felt like the time my uncle told me he was going to buy some pee off one of the dishwashers at the restaurant he worked at. Um, A crushing disappointment from one of my most beloved people in the world, John Carpenter, one star. (laughs) Is that Um, enough of a review for you? (laughs) Yeah. But here's the big question. Uh, Which is worse? Which is a worse Doom adaptation? Uh, Ghost of Ghost of Mars or Doom 2005? Ghost of Mars doesn't have a first-person sequence or mm. early acting The Rock, where he like mm-hmm. tried to make some choices. Thing it does have though is that yes, that's what it has. It has Buckethead on music, and that's the only Doom-related thing. Oh, it has. that's actually a really good point. Mm. All right, it does have it does have the grimy, like awful butt butt rock. Well. You know, I don't think I've actually seen the full movie of Doom. I gotta be real. Um, Jared's making a thumbs down here. The best part is, of course, when The Rock has to say, that's a big fucking gun. Oh, and that's not even the best thing he said in a movie. As as Jared and I know. If only there was some way for our listeners to know what The Rock says in Southland Tales. Alright, so we're both at one star for Ghosts of Mars. It's kind of a slog. Um, one and a half, wait, one and a half stars. Okay. Because of the music. It was... And also, to be totally honest, I think I'm lo- rating it a little lower because I wanted to like it so much because in the moment, I was having a great time. It is all and about... It is all about great. what a great time could have been. If you want to see John Carpenter mm-hmm. do a campy homage to a genre, the movie is Big Trouble in Little China. I think. Heartily agree. Um, all right, man. So let's take a little break and we'll come back and we will do Jason X, which is a modern masterpiece. Tolstoy would blush at this gem. Uh, and that's the story.
I'm just happy to know that we're going to be on the same page. Oh, good. All right. We'll be right back. Jared, um, so I have a lot of streaming services at home. You know, yes, I have quite a few. And one of those is Peacock. Yes. Mm-hmm. As we've said before, it is the home of Halloween Kills, the brand new Halloween film from uh, David Gordon Green. Right. Mm-hmm. It is also the home of our second film tonight, Jason X. Now, I pay premium. I pay money so that I do not see advertisements. And yet, this service chose to show me ads anyway. During Jason X? Of course. Now, it does oh, the... God. I'm sure that the reason here is because of, like, advertising deals, you know? Like, you gotta you gotta feed the pig at some point, I suppose. Or whatever. Feed the pig. <laughs> Stick with it. What the fuck is it. that? But Run you gotta... It. You're running you with know, it. There's, there had to have been some deal, right, where you have to show ads during Jason X. But how bizarre is that that I had to sit through ads? Which, by the way... Fucking Jason X. By the way, we're all for Halloween kills during Jason X. Here's the thing. It was actually a very smart move to have ads during Jason X, so it could simulate the feeling of being seven years old and running into this on cable. You know, I've really started to come around on ads on streaming for that same reason. Mm-hmm. Like when I watch Ultraman, for example, I love the ads or yeah, when I'm watching sense. like a really crappy movie. I love it. Or like last week, the Bat and Spider podcast crew, we watched the last drive in with Joe Bob Briggs, which is mm-hmm. that guy from Monster Vision literally doing his Monster Vision show on Shutter, And it has the same vibe of like the the movie is being buffeted. It, it's like there's buffer spots where stuff goes on. And occasionally, you know, that's to cushion a commercial, which was awesome if you were taping stuff. But <laughs> they've made it worthwhile these days. But anyway, I had to watch commercials. They were all for Halloween Kills. It was absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> Reminding of a movie you'd rather watch. But unfortunately, although I would rather watch Halloween Kills than Jason X, um, we'll get into it. I was shocked by this film. How so? Because I was expecting one of the worst movies of all time, but this movie is one of the few that cro- legitimately crosses the Rubicon of shit mm-hmm. and gets good again. It's wild. And then I- it gets very boring, but then it gets great again. It's just but not in, not great again in that way. Legit, like very it is- good. It is such an obvious cash grab, and the creators themselves openly admitted we need to have. Friday the 13th in people's minds before Freddy vs. Jason. So let's make a movie. Was that the goal? Was was Freddy vs. Yeah. Jason really the goal? I didn't know that. Uh, Freddy vs. Jason was like, they were they were building up to and trying to get it done. And um, I think it was Jim Isaac, the director, who was just like, yeah, we need to... We need to keep uh, this in the minds of the people. Right, because this, this was the first Jason movie in what? Years and years and years. Um, the last one that was made, uh, I want to say ninety three. It's ninety one or ninety three. You know, I I had just I just bought a giant box set of these, so I had fucking better know. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the last one was nineteen ninety three. Jason goes to hell, the final Friday, and they meant it yeah. clearly. Yeah, the um, the movie was at this movie. Jason X was actually filmed in two thousand and was released two years later. Huh. 
and I kind of am curious what happened there because this movie feels this movie feels like it was written in 1999 and filmed in 2000 but why what what happened no reason given again definitely definitely a situation where I am getting sucked into the horror movie spell I'm really falling for this genre a lot over the last few weeks and I bought the Shout Factory set that has Jason X on it that has mm-hmm. hours and hours of commentaries and bonus features and behind the scenes that are brand new material. So I will let you know. Please do. I will divulge the secrets of maybe we should do a bonus or something. The secrets of Jason X where I just tell no. you the story of Jason X. No, I'm down for that. Yeah, maybe we should do that. I don't know. But but until that day, we don't really know that stuff. Um, all we know is that I- Wicked Synop. That wicked synop. No, wicked synop. If you want, I'll read it right off Letterboxd, and we can get started with Jason X. You know what? Yeah, read it. Um, filmed in 1791 at the Edison Lab, and held for 300 years. No, um, directed by James Isaac, 2001's Jason X. In the year 2455, Old Earth is now a contaminated planet abandoned for centuries, a brown world of violent storms, toxic land masses, and poisonous seas. Yet humans have returned to the deadly place that they once fled not to live, but to research the ancient, rusting artifacts of the long-gone civilizations. But it's not the harmful environment that could prove fatal to the intrepid young explorers that have just landed on Old Earth. For them, it's Friday the 13th, and Jason lives. Now, if you want to know what that describes, this this comes from the movie database, right? They're pulling right from the database for this synopsis. And it describes about a half a minute of this movie. It's remarkably... That description is remarkably sparse. It's not... I mean, it also... How else could you describe this movie in a way that would get people to want to go see it also? All the, <laughs> all the, weird, all the weird stuff that was really enjoyable... You can't mention because that'll immediately turn people off. They have to experience it themselves. You can't tell them that Aeon Flux shows up as a cyborg at the very end to beat the shit out of Jason. You can't do that. That was the best, Unless... though. <laughs> I, like, as soon as she, like, started doing that goofy shit, it was just, oh, wow, people really wanted to fuck Trinity from the Matrix. That's true. I mean, yeah. But it's also, like, but it's also, like, you can't tell people that my favorite scene in the whole movie is the hollow deck payoff at the end. And you of can't course. tell people that happens because it's the whole point of the movie at that point. It's we it's love premarital part. sex because they're trying to get they're trying to bait Jason with robots. And of course it cuts to the one of the best scenes of him beating the shit out of the one girl with a sleeping bag with Did you know the original friend. printing of this the original printing of the Shot Factory box set, they fuck up the sound on the thumping of the sleeping bag? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> so it doesn't play. So he's just silently banging it against the tree. That's a different kind of comedy. Different movie. But also that, about that scene that I want to talk about. That's very important. They're both zipped up in their sleeping bags. So you have to imagine Jason took the time to zip both of them up first. Not that's murder right. them in glorious thing. He zipped one of them up, zipped the other up, and then used her to beat the shit out of the other one. He. So, oh, actually, I really like the scene where um, the one slovenly engineer is trying to re- re- um, figure out the pilot controls. And he looks, and you look to the side and you see the uh, administrator's head just slowly move into screen. And then you realize it's his severed head. Yes, like that. that is the best. 
Um, I kind of want to go, I mean, for me, my notes for both of these movies start chronological for like the first 45 minutes and then vanish. Yeah. Um, because I got bored. Much like the, much like the plot of this movie. I got so bored except for the very end of this movie. I, I really, so I came around on it because the ending is so good, but boy, oh boy, up until Uber Jason shows up, am I fucking bored? Yeah. It, it had a few nuggets here and there, but so much squandered potential. Awesome first act, awesome ending, terrible middle. Like, atrocious middle. It was... You were, we, we were talking before about how, like, Halloween eight to, uh, 18 is how you do a reboot. Or, right. Though they treated the main character, uh, I think she's Rowan, the woman who's frozen. They treated her like she's some kind of relevant character from past movies. Like, she's kind of competent. She knows how to use a shotgun. She seems to have... It, they almost give her, like, a connection to Jason, or at least the future scientists do. And I was thinking to myself, like... Wouldn't it have just been cooler if they got someone from, like, one of the prior Friday the 13th movies to show up? That's like how you she, do that, it. They should have had someone from, like, a survivor from uh, the the third movie or the fourth or just someone in there that they can pull from, a pull an actor from, and just have her be a legacy character. So she, it makes more sense for her to be interested. I wonder if Jason anything of that, I wonder if anything about that had to do with H2O releasing a couple years earlier. Um, which again, oh, so so like just they, so our listeners our listeners need to know, mm, I have absolutely yes. no frame of reference for these movies. I saw half of Nightmare on Elm Street. We watched Friday the Thirteenth for this show and our least listened to episode ever. Um, we, which was we did a great job on that episode, and you should go listen to it. Just saying. <laughs> um, but we did Friday the Thirteenth for this show, and then I haven't seen the the other eight. I haven't seen yet. So I have no, and I've only seen the three, this David Gordon Green timeline of Halloween. So I have no frame of reference for any of this. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I understand seeing H2O and not wanting to just do an H2O about camp blood survivors or something. Which is actually really funny because um, when they were going up to uh, Carpenter about doing a Halloween sequel years ago, his first suggestion was send Michael Myers into space. He meant it as a joke. But I guess the guys behind uh, Jason X came up to their own conclusions on that. <laughs> but just a ridiculous, like, like, why would you do it? And also reinvigorate interest in the character. And then you go back to Freddy. Go back to Freddy. What? This was supposed to be this was oh, supposed yeah. to lead into Freddy versus Jason. And Jason is Uber. Uh, no. What is Jason sleep? Jason doesn't it- sleep. No, it was just to it was just to remind you that Friday the Thirteenth exists. Like this movie exists for that reason alone. Friday, uh, Freddy vs. Jason was lagging really hard, and they were just like, "We should probably do another movie." I and am pulling my getting... hair out. Thank God they didn't do that to Alien. Oh Jesus! Alien vs. Predator just kind of came out well, when we were kids. When that came out, I saw that movie in the theater, and because I had no frame of reference for the good ones, I was like, "Yeah, these are this is sick." Because I didn't oh know. God, God, that was, anyway, that first one was uh, something. It's something pretty telling that, that we're about to talk about Alien versus Predator in the middle of this Jason X review. <laughs> um, uh, I loved the. A, uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say this movie has a lot of weird DNA. It's doing the. It's trying to be jokey and self-referential, not like not in a scream way, but still, you can tell that they're picking up on that. 
You know, when uh, the when that one commander gets stabbed, he said, It'll take more than one to kill me. Then he gets stabbed again. Oh, that'll, that'll do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that. I loved the humor. I loved the humor. But it was also like, am I supposed to be scared? Or am uh... I supposed to laugh? Like... Because, because okay, so last week we watched two movies that do all of that really brilliantly. Mm-hmm. And I feel the humor here is just, first of all, all of the acting, the budget here is like lifetime, sub-lifetime original movie shit, right? Sub like, yeah. sub like a random Stargate episode budget. Like so mm-hmm. cheap, so crappy. The actors here are all like, they're kind of doing their best, but the bar is, they're not meeting the very low bar. Yeah. Um. And and it just doesn't make sense. You can tell where their priorities were when they actually introduced the characters thirty minutes in. You don't know you don't know that that one woman is a cyborg from the first scene. You just see that she can't hold nipples on her breasts. And oh then, yeah. And then later, and then later, it's like, oh, it's because she's a cyborg or an android or something. And it's just, okay, why didn't you tell me that first before seeing her? Right, fucking love her fucking love Hina tits with no nipples and stuff. I don't. Why did? Why do we get that first? It's also like, why do I care? That's the issue. Yeah. That's the issue you can have with these sometimes when they're bad. Because I, yeah. I feel like what you need to do, of course, is to do the emo. You know, you need to build emotional stakes. I need to know these people, so mm-hmm. that when they die, I care about them, and I don't forget to make note of it when they die for my movie podcast, for example. They're they had a handful of characters that were drawn as bro- really broad so they could have worked but then there were so many that just weighed it down there were two pasty young women young brunette women and i forgot that they were separate characters because they fill the same function i had a hard time tracking who was the unfrozen girl after about 45 minutes the only reason because I, I didn't was care her the only reason i knew knew it was her was because she was incredulous that anyone would let jason go and that was her defining feature Hey guys, it's okay. He just wants his machete. I just saw that line. <laughs> oh, you want your machete? Oh shit, it's yours. Just remember. Well, that's the evil professor. That's the uh, uh, the RoboCop character. The Robo. No, the uh, he's the uh, unobtainium guy. Uh, what's that? That's from? not literally an actor, but it's the corrupt guy who's trying to do it for profit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um oh, going through oh. my notes here go ahead you got something before right, we uh... favorite what's your favorite kill outside of the uh you know liquid nitrogen one because that one rocks um liquid nitrogen one is the best one obviously i have to say i think my favorite my favorite bit of violence is the opening where jason mm. stabs the machete out of the chamber <laughs> i i loved david cronenberg's death that was wonderful yes it was wonderful because I forgot he cameos in this movie, so seeing his face was a nice surprise, and then he gets fucking murdered. Let's see. I'm looking at Jason X death. Oh, no. My favorite death in this movie is when the, 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 hollow, the hollow deck girls are in the sleeping bags, and he's oh, course, banging yeah. them against the trees. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Like, it's so surreal. Also, my, my, my second favorite death happens off screen. It's the two kids at the end. And it's because we don't see it that it's awesome. You okay? Which one? At the Not end, the two kids... Jason comes down as a shooting star, and the two kids see him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, he just landed flying. over there. Let's go check it out. Yeah. 
never fucking ends. It's the, you know, I've already said it in another podcast, but it's the, oh, wow, a puppy moment. Jingle, 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 my keys. Like, da 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 Like, if you thought that was a big deal. My, my personal favorite, outside of the, you know, the obvious ones, is uh, I liked uh, the one the guy fell on the, uh, the corkscrew and just slowly sp- spun down. I laughed like a madman. That was good. That's when you knew this movie was like... That's when you knew what it was. And that's why it's, it's, it is, it is hard to rate. Cause it did very, for its intentions, it did very well. It wanted to make, wanted to make jokes about itself, have a little fun. The humor was on point. Like it was, it never detracted from the experience. It added. I just wish it was more fun. Yeah. I wish it was also a better movie. (laughs) Um, what else did I love about this? Oh, how sick was Uber Jason's uh, stupid mask? Oh my god, his little hawk, the Mighty Ducks shit. Oh, rocks with the uh, he has it has the Bane look where it's like wrapped around his <laughs> fucking head. Looks great. What a stupid, what a stupid, and and the way they try to cut around the mask too is is so funny. Um, I'm trying to look at my notes here of what else I got. I loved Lucky the you. cold open. I loved Lucky that we. Sorry. I love that we get a miniature Friday the 13th movie. Uh, frankly, what they should have done is do a Friday the 13th movie that's set in 2001, mm-hmm. get him in the center, and then cryogenically freeze him at the end of that, pick up with this exact movie. And then somebody, actually, somebody's grandson or something. Actually, having it as a two-parter where... Uh, actually, yeah, they have actually have that uh, the main character built up in an actual Friday the 13th movie and then she shows up later for like cry- for the cryogenic stuff years later and then gets sent to the future like actually give her give us something to hold on to do H2O yeah introduce the scientist as a wait yeah introduce the scientist as a character because it's 2005 yeah. right so she's in regular time mm-hmm. and then do a Jason X yeah and then we do know this woman she was the last girl last time mm-hmm I have it be a duology I mean, it sounds like the character. This character should have been a um, Ash-like type character. Sure. Where uh, you know slowly grows more competent, and then for the sequel is hyper competent, like uh, Army of Darkness era. Or aliens. You yeah. don't know how dangerous this is. The only person who does is me. <sighs> oh my god! Um, but I did love the cold open. I thought it was a really brilliant choice to show us like really does feel like the ending of one of these. Mm-hmm. And we got a little Friday the 13th movie ahead of, not that I know what any of those are like, but we got a little movie ahead of the nightmare. Yeah. But the knife, the knife. <laughs> the n- what? What? <laughs> the right, knife right. stabbing through the chamber oh to God. freeze her too, which is just, is that, is that even, I don't even know, man. I don't even well, know. Uh, We'll have we'll have to ask Walt Disney when we find him in two thousand four hundred forty-five. I'll let you know on the audio commentary of Jason X if that's discussed. <laughs> oh my God, what else is going oh. on in this movie? Jesus. Um, look, I got a huge kick out of any time the dork was like holding onto the cyborg's head because it's so because by the way it's framed, you can clearly tell it's this poor woman sitting on the ground with her head nestled between this guy's armpit and fist 
Oh, like it's, it's terrible. Off in the far corner, far corner of the frame, and you know, you know, if they pulled back an inch, you'd see this poor woman just on the floor, and I love it. Absurd. Didn't I see a movie lately where there was a a woman who her tor- is this Jason X? Is this? I'm so sorry. This is so unprofessional. Oh, is this good. the movie where just her torso was getting lugged around? No. Yeah, right. No, she no. It was no. She got decapitated, and uh, it's just him holding her head. Just him holding her head. Yeah, that's why it's so bizarre because it's camera cuts off over here. Oh no, I'm thinking of an episode of What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> Shit. You want to talk about what we do in the shadows instead? Oh, I haven't even seen the new one yet. All right. So. Jermaine Clement is dearly and sorely missed, and him not being in that writer's room is going to kill the show. But, oh, but yeah. more on that another time. <laughs> Did you enjoy the very end where someone where what someone looked out the windows? He's still coming, and then it has a shot of him coming in, spread eagle towards the window. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> on the spaceship. And then the other guy zooms in out of fucking nowhere and just collides with him, and they fly back to Earth and burn up. That rocked. Yeah, and then the kids are like, wow, let's go check that out. Um, so my thought is they need to have a sequel to Freddy vs. Jason, but it's going to be called Freddy vs. Jason X, and it occurs as a direct sequel to that. That's what I want. But here's the thing. Freddy exists in the future as nanomachines, and he goes from person to person and infects their dreams with his nanomachines, and he tries to infect Jason's dreams. Sorry, this part's off the cusp, but I did actually This is very good. I'm into this. (laughs) I actually, um... I, to be honest, I th- I was kind of hoping with the end that like he would get sent to old Earth. He would fly back to old Earth, this desolate, ruined place, and Jason would forever wander an Earth that resembles his soul. Huh. But that's just me being a little melodramatic. Instead, he got sent to New Earth, and it never ends. That's right. He got sent to Earth too. Oh, Jesus. We- that's- <laughs> Kevin, they got sent to Earth too. I wonder if they knew Michael Myers, Wonder Woman, Batman. I wonder if they knew. But yeah, I don't know. I I I think it would have been nice if he just got sent. Instead of asking the question, why don't they shoot him into the sun? Make it a uh, make it part of the story and have him get sent back to Earth and he's abandoned there like he should have been. Humanity has moved on from Earth One and what it what it sh- shackled us to it send jason there he is a memory of the old earth my other question to that point is what was the next movie going to be on earth 2 because there's also a ton of world building that just doesn't happen in this movie you need to watch uh jason you need to watch the jason x stuff because maybe they'll talk about sequels but it's also might just be a cash grab in that they would just never never answer this have another future because they asked so they showed so much world building in this movie like as the station is pulling out of the orbit of earth there's all this Mm -hmm. broken stuff and satellite derelict satellites in the atmosphere there's a sign for lunar estates what is that about it's like they just said they had a lot of stuff that they set up that they could just never pay off they could just say oh it's just a ruined earth and then you shrug your shoulders but i was also uh, i was I was a little curious. I want to see those condos on the moon. Yeah. I want to see those condos on the moon. Yeah, it just makes me curious to hear from the people who made it what the intent of this was and is. 
and and kind of I want to hear from the actors actually. What did you think you were signing on for? What did you think when you read the script? And what did you think of it when you saw it finished? The person I want to ask the pop most is a uh, Kane Hodder. Uh, Hoder? Yeah, yes. Just because of all of all of them, he would probably, I guess, know the most about what could be in the future. He has enough standing that he could go up and say, hey, so we're doing the future stuff in the sequel, right? Right. Do I have to think? Do we, are we doing that? I'm opening up but, the um, box set details right now to let you know what the extras are. Please do. Um, let's see. Jason Lives, The New Blood, Final Friday, Jason X, new 2K scan of the interpositive. <laughs> um there so the Kane Hodder does an introduction. Mm-hmm. There's a so there's an audio commentary from the director, writer, and producer Noel Cunningham, which was old. I guess it's on the original DVD. Sure. Then there's a new commentary from Todd Farmer and Peter Brack. Mm. Then a new documentary. Fuck. With a bunch of these guys. Then another interview with Todd Farmer. Then another interview with Christy Angus, one of the actors in the film. Okay. The electronic press kit, which was all the fluff material and B-roll from the behind the scenes, which is massive, which is huge. Because anybody who knows me knows I love people talking up their own ass about a job they hate. Or about (laughs) garbage, like... I don't know. Also, good movies have good B-roll. Like, the Tintin B-roll compilation is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, TV spot, new to this set they promote. Ooh. New. Um, and then a featurette uh, called Jason Rebooted, which is actually going to be the thing that we're going to want to talk about. Uh, okay. Sean Cunningham on Jason Goes to Hell in 93 and Jason X in 2002. So, I don't know. You know, it could have the details we need. It could also just be pure bullshit. I don't know. I mean, it, it literally is a coin. Kevin, if we return to Jason X after watching this stuff, we need to read the two sequel comics. Yeah, I agree. I didn't even know about them, but yes, I agree. Jason X Special, Issue 1, and Friday the 13th, Jason versus Jason X. Jason, are you fucking... Who, what's the pedigree on that? Who, wrote, who published that? Who wrote that? Uh, I'm going to say Avatar Press, because yeah. that actually makes the most sense. Sure, sure. Obviously. But, um... You need to read the synopsis for that comic. They cut out a part of Jason X's brain, and then because he regenerates, the brain regenerates into classic Jason. And then they fight. I have to. I have to read this. There's more to it, and it's just as awful. Look, um, all I'm was... going to say right now on the air is that there's an opportunity for us one day to return to Jason X. <sighs> there's an opportunity, uh... but it's not for a very long time. So, who knows? I mean, I think we should talk about the features when I get the DVD, maybe, like, on the next show or in a couple weeks. Um, sure. But there's an opportunity for us to return to Jason X, and you never know. I know, everyone. All 15 of our fans are clamoring for more Jason X content. Uh, I mean, all I'm going to say I mean, is... They should be, honestly. Friday they the 13th be. takes place during the summer. That's all I have to say. <laughs> so... Um, Jason X, my notes are kind of scattered because a lot of the notes this month have just been me, like, viscerally reacting to things going on on screen. That's the only thing that you can really do. Um. Just sort of react and hope the next thing you react to is good. Cowboy hat guy. <laughs> oh, my so God. lonely. Oh, that was good. I, that was remarkably funny for a throwaway line. 
I'm bitchy it's as hell when I wake up. Did you just wake up? How? Wow, he. Wow, how did he survive with such a small brain? Oh well, he does. He does well on his own. <laughs> I'll tell you what my favorite piece of violence was when Jason comes out and his machete just really just chops the guy's arm off with no resistance at all. Oh, that was great. In order to illustrate oh, oh. that the nanobots his, tie you back up. Yeah. When his body falls. That was done very well, actually. The um, Jason coming back with the help of the nanobots was foreshadowed very well. It was not bullshit. They did a really good it, job building it, and then the reveal was great. Also, the fact that Jason is is attacking people even when he's frozen and technically dead is... Thank you for that. Director. Just amazing. Isaacs. Just amazing. Uh, uh, let's see. Though the ship is called the Grendel. Really? 400 years in the future, we're calling stuff the Grendel? Well, I mean, I'd, compa- I'd compare this movie to Taint, but, you know, that might be a little too on the nose. Oh, my God. I almost um, said, I almost said two, on the t- two on the Taint, but, you know, I stopped myself. Yikes. 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 <laughs> um, let's see. The teacher who's into BDSM or whatever... Yeah, that weird, oh, like, yeah. dominant... Not we. Sorry, it's not... Everybody's oh, no, it was, got their stuff, no, was, is all I have to say. No, it was, it was very weird, because it just happens in the movie for some reason. You and pass! Like, yeah, it was for that joke that was stupid and didn't really have any good bearing on the plot or the comedy, I guess. Like, I got the sense that that was done as a joke, but there was no real connection to the rest of the movie. I mean, the connection is that they were having a type of sex... That is not otherwise displayed in the movie, right? I guess. And the whole thing is that Jason hates sex. Although I was rooting oh, for him man. in this film because the actors were really getting on my nerves. Oh, I really liked the part where he stabbed that one kid and the kid turns around and then Jason grabs the fucking blade and pulls the machete through the kid. Yes. Like fucking idiot. Like... Oh my god. Oh no, the best so the best Jason <laughs> yes. moment in this movie is when the couple are having sex and he is thawing out. Oh. And he does the he does the Undertaker sit up as they're having yeah. sex. <laughs> the um they uh they definitely they sped that up like in the movie, like just put the fast forward on that and it looked so goofy in the best way possible. Absolutely incredible. I uh, I really have nothing left to say on this movie. I liked it for what I liked it for what it was. I think it succeeded in sort of doing what it was meant to do. Um, the guy I have all caps. Here are some all caps notes I have. When you say the man's name, the reveal of Jason in the lab guy's mirror is a plus. Mm-hmm. The guy spinning on the giant drill. Jason oh. landing on a giant hook after being shot a thousand times and then jumping off and cutting the guy in half and then he lives for a minute and then the girl is on the hook, yo. Mm-hmm. Where is the airlock on this ship? I feel like the solution would be to blast him into soul, we discussed. Mm-hmm. Why don't you stick your head out and have a peek? I hope it gets cut off, is what I wrote. <laughs> um, he, had a, he had a Myers moment, which was cool. Yes. Uh, that one, that one sol- the, the one soldier who was backing up and then you get the split second of seeing the mask and then he grabs her. That was amazing. That was really good. That was really good. Um, the kills were all a total blast and I was totally rooting for Jason because these characters were so poorly drawn. The VR, the VR kills were really funny. 
Oh, it's the, so good. The god awful, the god awful CGI on their on their like split bodies. Sexy leather robot is hilarious, and the fake out is brilliant. Insane how little of a match she is for Voorhees. Oh, the the survivor going. Oh no 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 no! Oh my god, her! <laughs> no, remember that? Remember what that's she, from? Sh- I wasn't <laughs> quoting Jason X. <laughs> she gave the identical read, Jared. <laughs> No, 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 folks. And then it's from the end of Toy Story when the spark on the the fuse of the big one goes out at the end of Toy Story. Ah, you could you could say the um, the end of the movie did involve falling with style. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I mean, a lot of my a lot of my notes here. uh, Jason heard the nerd bragging about the sim and saw him through the window. I'm who the fuck even cares at this point? We've seen space magic. Jason, the movie is over. (laughs) I can't believe he showed up in the last 20 minutes, last 20 minutes. No, I wanted to see him halfway through, please. Like I met, Oh, sorry. Uber Jason or cyber Jason. I wanted to see that halfway through, not spend most of it with normal Jason. Yeah. I like, I like a normal Jason every now and then, but he went to hell already. I guess. I don't know. I haven't seen that one, but I feel like we would have seen him at that point played out. I all, mm-hmm. I agree. I think a much earlier would have been better. Cause again, it's a, it's a cool, stupid design. He, he, like watching him try to maneuver in that suit is like watching a, um, a pit bull stand upright. So of course it's comedy gold when he rips the hole in the ship. And then, and then the scientist goes, this sucks on so many levels. Ah, and then you get the, and then you don't get to see her get sucked out into space. You just see like her, like torn remains. I wanted to see some grisly special effects for that one. That one could have rocked. (sighs) All right. Go ahead. um, Um, one, this movie is also like event horizon. But most importantly, I think this is a this is the Resident Evil movie. It really is the res. He really is the tyrant, or a nemesis yeah. rather. This is this is Resident Evil in space, and it even in a certain way it resembles the uh, the movie PWSA movie. It really feels ways. like a Paul W. That's a that's a Event Horizon was really astute. Because this is a Paul W.S. Anderson movie in the yeah. period. It feels a lot like the early Resident Evils. More like yeah. Resident Evil 1 than anything else. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Don't give, don't give Capcom any ideas. <laughs> Please. God. Please, Jesus. Don't give them any more ideas. I'm done on Jason X. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think we pretty much exhausted it. Um, I give this movie. What did I give this movie? Two stars. Um, because even though the movie is criminally unentertaining, there are things to be entertained about. I want to give it a two and a half so bad, but when it's boring, it's boring. It's oh boring. my God. Like a, just a slog. Insanity. But the, but the things it does right, it earns a two. Two stars for <laughs> Jason X. All right. Well, there you have it. One star for Ghost of Mars, two stars for Jason X. We're through. Dog shit in space is now banished. We're never doing that as a subject again. Um, we're still going to do a bad Halloween week next next year, but mm, it is not going to be Jason X or Ghosts of Mars. It is over. How would you say this dog shit week went? I'd say Jason X being better than it was was pleasant. Yes. Um, the good parts for the Carpenter film, I'm already forgetting the name of it. The good parts for that movie were nice. 
but it was overall a piece of crap. This was this could have gone way worse, honestly. I was expect I was expecting to be miserable. Yeah, I think I think both of these movies are kind of unfortunate because they're not so bad that we're howling about it, and they're not mm-hmm. so good that we're loving it. So they're just kind of in the middle what could have been situations, both. We get hints of greatness that honestly getting hints of greatness is far worse. Because then you imagine a better movie. I agree. And you and you don't want a creator does not want that. And that's <laughs> the scariest thing of all. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we got a voicemail this week from our buddy Remnant. So let's play that voicemail. And uh, yeah, let's hear what our buddy has to say. Hey, I'm Night Movie Night. This is Remnant. First time caller, long time listener. Yeah. Hope I make it in for the Jason X Ghost of Mars episode, which I rewatched Jason Ooh. X for. Probably shouldn't have nostalgia <laughs> for it. I kind of do. Not anymore after this rewatch. <laughs> the score. It was atrocious. I know nothing about movies, but I'm sticking to the fact that that score was atrocious. And my favorite kill has just about everyone on the internet was the one where uh, her face gets turned to ice and it's smashed. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Pretty good. Ghost of Mars. Didn't rewatch it. Smart. Um, does it remind you of the movie Doom with Dwayne Rock Johnson at all? I think they both take place on Mars. Um, anyways, moving on to Dracula, Spanish Dracula, Kev. Spanish Dracula is on that Blu-ray set. That's right. I think it does enough with the sets, the actors, just how it approaches the story. It does enough differently that I think it's worth searching out. Uh, Shaun of the Dead pretty much a perfect zombie movie like you guys said um like jared said just a uh, little nitpicks that keep it from being perfect i mean it has the gore it has the tragedy it has a little bit of action and it definitely has the humor uh speaking of humor evil dead 2 what a movie Personally, I kind of think I like the first one this time around. I rewatched oh, the whole franchise in preparation for that episode of your guys, but didn't make it on time. <laughs> um, but anyways, the thing that stuck out the most to me on Evil Dead 2 this rewatch around was Ash's girlfriend dancing out from the tree. You guys mentioned it briefly. <laughs> Thank God it didn't haunt my nightmares. Kev, you mentioned JoJo a long time back and... Hope you can get around to it sometime because JoJo Part 4 is just about one of my favorite animes. There you go, Jared. And speaking of anime, Jared talked a little bit about mecha anime. And while, unfortunately, I did not see what he was talking about, I have two recommendations of my own, as that seems to always go. Uh, The first being Eureka 7. I previously recorded in voicemail, and my description of Eureka 7 was pretty terrible. So I'm just going to say... Mech surfing in the sky. Terrible description, but go check it out, I guess. Uh, Next, Ra Zephon, probably butchering how to say that. It's kind of like an Evangelion clone, but there's definitely differences between the two. Uh, I think you should check it out. Some publisher like uh, Shout Factory recently put out a steelbook of the entire series and maybe even the movie, so... Yeah, hope I got everything, and hope you guys have a great evening. Holy moly. Thank you so much, Remnant, for the voicemail. Thank you, man. An epic, that was wonderful. epic and comprehensive deal. Um, 
I will say the Spanish Dracula is also on the Criterion channel, so I have to go check that out, obviously. Um, and I'm going to try to while we're still in October. I have not gotten around to uh, Eureka 7, or I, th- I think, I actually think it's Eureka 7, but I don't want to be that guy, actually. But Razafon, I can vouch for. I, I got through half of it before I had a, you know, life got in the way. I, uh, it is a really good companion piece to Evangelion. Interesting. It approaches, it approaches similar subjects, but, you know, the, char- the characters are more inclined to therapy. That's the easiest thing I can say about <laughs> how, how um, Razafon approaches its uh, themes and ideas. The robots are really cool too. Very unique design. Huh. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say any more because I, Kevin, I actually really do want you to watch it. I feel like it's all of that is well when, not time. if. Yes. Yeah. It's also tw- it's twenty six episodes. It go it'll go by in a flash. Oh, okay. That's yeah. That's way more convinced. That's 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 pretty convenient. Yeah. I am not. I would not recommend anything over twenty six episodes <laughs> unless it's my favorite goddamn thing in the world. That's true, JoJo's. I actually, I say you should. I prefer reading it, but that's just a. I I just like the uh, Araki's transformation as an artist so much. There's there's time for that yet. Oh yes, there's time for that yet. Um, I admit, I still got to do the Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead. As do I. It's on the list. I I just bought the Shot Factory Army of Darkness on Amazon, along with like nine million other things. <sighs> Um, so that's coming tomorrow. So I'm pretty excited about that. Although, again, Army of Darkness is like a childhood favorite. My uh, my elementary school friend's older brother lent me that DVD and said, just watch this with no context. I think I said it last that week. That rules. It's amazing. Wow. That's a cool older brother right there. <laughs> well, when you're oh, eight. Geez. When you're eight, he well. was cool. As a 29-year-old grown man thinking back on those things. Uh, first of all, we weren't, we were not so different, me and him. And, uh, <laughs> maybe I'll just leave it there. Maybe I'll just leave it there. Um, yeah. Uh, if you're listening, please, please, please watch in Mazinger. And when you do, uh, let us know. I would love to hear outside opinions on that show. Absolutely. Lord knows, Lord knows I gushed about it for a solid five minutes straight. Thank you for the Rex remnant. We love you, bud. And thank you again for listening. Um, if you want to get your voicemail on air somehow by the miracle of audio editing, I can make it happen. Uh, send your voicemail, email, whatever your Morse code, your binary code, what have you to amntpod at gmail.com. And we'll play it on the air. Um, Carrier pigeon. And that's it. I mean, we are done. We're ready to, to blast this thing out the airlock forever. <laughs> rip in peace. Ah, rip and tear, my friends. All right. Uh, got anything else rip to say, Kevin? Rip and tear. Uh, next Wednesday, come back for the Halloween special. This is going to be huge. Watch Halloween 78 on Shutter. Watch Halloween 18. Suck it up. Pay the five bucks. Rent it for God's sake. And then get a free trial of Peacock and immediately cancel and join us in the present for the brand new Halloween Kills. And that'll be next Wednesday. Um, Jared, do you have anything else to say to the nice people? Uh, thank you for listening. It's valued. We love it. Hell yeah. We love and appreciate all of you, whether, again, whether you know us online or you know us in real life or you've known us for 25 years. Me, I thank you. Me, thank you. 
Uh, me, thank you, too. Me, thank you. Jared, thank you. From everyone at Ammonite Inc., thanks for listening. For Jared, this is Kevin. And uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good night, everyone. Mm-hmm.